0: Second Chronicles chapter 31, if you'll stand with me in order of the word of the Lord, I'm so thankful for his presence that we feel right now that's in this place, amen. So thankful for the people who are in the house of the Lord today. Amen. So excited about what Jesus has in store for you. Amen. Wanna Amen. So good to see my good brother Elder here today, Amen, from Massachusetts and Amen. Let's give him a warm lighthouse welcome. We love you, brother. We're glad you're here in this place today. The Lord's presence is here this morning. Amen. And I believe he wants to talk to us. He wants to arm us. Amen. And, uh, amen, let's turn to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 31. And we're going to read verses 20 and 21, and we're going to continue into chapter 32. The Bible says, and I'm going to read from the New King James Version, Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God, and in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, and so he prospered. You know the the, the setting here is King Hezekiah is King of the nation of Judah. And he is doing what's good, what's right and true before the Lord. He is serving the Lord both in public and in private. He's serving in the house of the Lord. And and because his heart is towards the Lord, God is causing everything he's doing to prosper. Somebody said he prospered. Amen. If we'll go to the next verse chapter 32, verse 1, and the Bible says, and after these deeds of faithfulness, and again, I'm reading from New King James, after these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. And he encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself. Here Hezekiah is just minding his business He's loving the Lord, he's serving the Lord, he's pleasing the Lord, and God is prospering him, and out of nowhere, during these deeds of faithfulness unto the Lord, here comes an enemy, and he comes to take over the cities of Judah, and verse 2 says, and when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come, and that his purpose was to make War against Jerusalem. He consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water from the springs which were outside the city, and they helped him. Thus, many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Why should they come and take our resources? We're minding our own business. We're worshiping the Lord God. Who is this enemy think he is? that he's going to come and steal our resources, steal our blessings of God from us. Verse five, and he strengthened himself, Hezekiah, and built up all the wall that was broken and raised it up to the towers and built another wall outside. And he repaired the millow in the city of David and made weapons and shields in abundance. Then he said, military captains over the people gathered them together to him in the open square of the city gate and gave them encouragement saying, be strong. Somebody say, be strong. Be strong strong and courageous. Look at somebody and say, be courageous. Be courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. With him, with this enemy, is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, of Judah. I want to read one more scripture, and then we'll pray today. Psalms 27, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and Fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, I'm getting an echo up here. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And my subject this morning, amen, for just a few moments of time is simply God of battles. God of battles. Amen. Jesus is the God of battles. Amen, and he wants to help us and lead us to victory today. Would you set your Bibles, your phones down, close your eyes, open up your hearts, and let's, let's lift our hands unto the Lord and our voices and just invite him to have his way in this ministry of the word today. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, oh Lord God, that greater are you, greater is your spirit within us than he that is in the world. Lord God, help us to understand today that Lord God, that if we find ourselves in the battle, it's not because you've left us. It's not because you do not care about us. But Lord Jesus, you are trying to provoke the Conqueror, out of us. You are trying to teach us how to war. You are trying to teach us how to walk in your victory today. And it is your will, Lord God, that we take dominion and authority over every spirit, uh, over every thought, over every stronghold that opposes itself uh, against the knowledge and fellowship with you. And we give you thanks today. We receive your victory, Lord God, and we declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would we clap our hands? hands uh, unto the Lord and can we lift up a shout of praise uh, amen and give him glory and honor hallelujah you're wonderful You're mighty. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I praise your name. You're great in all the earth. You're great and full of glory. You are the Lord God strong and mighty. You are the Lord God mighty in battle. And I give you thanks today. I give you praise today. I give you praise for the victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated today in the house of the Lord. In our society today, in our modern day society, amen, we, unless we have served in the military, unless we have served, if someone can please assist me here, we we are unacquainted with war. We are unfamiliar with war. Now, I've never served in war, but I have a dad who served in the military who he never served in war, amen, but I have two grandfathers who served in the Navy as well, amen, and have, amen, experienced Amen, the tension, the alertness of having to defend and protect and advance. And so we are not all the more acquainted with war and with battle. My personality is such that I, in myself, I'm not a, a one who initiates Battle. I'm, I'm not going to say I run from battle, but I'm not usually one to start stuff, if you will. I, I'm the kind of guy who stays in my own lane. I'm, I'm the kind of guy who minds my own business, and my personality is to focus on what I feel like I'm supposed to do in life, and if you don't bother me, I don't bother you. That's my personality. That's my my makeup. Amen, and I recognize that there's all sorts of personalities in this room. You have some who who maybe are instigators. You have some who are maybe kind of have more aggressive personalities, others with passive personalities. Some are more outgoing and personable and so on. Amen, some who always avoid a conflict. There's all sorts of personalities and experiences in this room today, but the Lord has called us, he created humanity for the purpose of taking dominion. When he created Adam, amen, he gave Adam the responsibility of taking care of the land And he gave dominion, amen, to mankind over all the creatures, the fowls of the air, all, amen, the the land and the mountains and so on. He created man to take dominion. But let's just say man has a habit. We have a habit of drawing away from the purpose of, Of God. It is in our fleshly nature. It began with Adam, where, Amen, when Eve took the fruit, Amen, and Adam, Amen, instead of being a leader, was passive, Amen, and gave in as Eve presented the fruit to him and partook of it also. But the Lord wants us to understand that as he is a God of battles, he is called us to be a people of battle. Amen, and if we are going to make heaven our home, amen, for eternity, forever and ever, and let me also say that in heaven there is no battle. Amen, there is just one Lord. Amen, there is one God alone, and his name is Jesus Christ, uh, and the angels cry, holy, holy, amen, and when the children of God, who are once saved and for all, once we cross that finish line, we will worship the Lord forever and ever, and ever. And there will be no conflict in heaven, but between here and now there is conflict between then and now there is battle. Whether we like it or not, there is battle and God has allowed you and I to be front and center to be right in the thick of the battle. And there's a reason why we're going to talk about it in just a moment. Amen. But we need to look at the children of Israel, King Hezekiah, or the king of Judah, if you will. Amen. Was king of Judah. And the Bible talks about how he did what was good. He did what was right and did what was true before the Lord, his God. He served the Lord. He was faithful to the Lord. Amen. He was faithful in service to the house of God, the Bible says. Amen. He stayed in service to the house of God. He was faithful in the law and the commandment of God. In other words, he loved the word of God. He read the words of God and he obeyed the words of God. He kept the word. The Bible was a big part of his life. And he set himself to seek the Lord. And the Bible says, and because of his life, because of his decisions to seek the Lord, because he did what was right and good and true, the Lord prospered him. And so Hezekiah is doing what is pleasing in the sight of Of God. Hezekiah is minding his own business. Uh, Hezekiah is being faithful to the house of God, to the things of God, to the word of God. He is serving the Lord in public and in private. Uh, Amen. And the Bible says that after these deeds of faithfulness, the enemy comes. Wow. Looky here. After his faithfulness, he's doing what's right. He's not doing what's wrong. He's doing what is right. And the enemy comes and enters where he is. The enemy comes and enters into his world. And is determined to take over. Is determined to oppress and still the resources and steal the blessings and still that all that God has used to cause him to prosper in his life. Uh, amen. The enemy has come to take that from him. And that's very much like many of us. That is much like all. All of us. Amen. Let me tell us something here today. That if you serve the Lord for any length of time. If you're faithful to God for any length of time. Let me say this. Amen. If we commit ourselves to any length of time. The enemy is going to come and challenge our commitment. If we're faithful to God for any length of time. The enemy is going to come unprovoked. To disrupt our connection with God, to disrupt the blessings of God, amen, Hezekiah is prospering, and the enemy doesn't like it, Hezekiah is blessed, and the enemy doesn't like it, Hezekiah has a strong confidence in the Lord, and the enemy doesn't like it, and so the enemy wants to come in and cause doubt, in fear, and shame, and speak lies, and hopes to sever the connection. Between Hezekiah and his God and his trust in God, verse ten of Second Chronicles thirty-two. It says, "Thus says Sennacherib, the king of Assyria: In what do you trust that you remain under siege in Jerusalem?" The king of Assyria is saying, I'm bringing war against you. You should be afraid. You should be fearful. You should quit praising. You should quit praying. You should quit worshiping. Why haven't you fled the house of God out of fear yet? I'm coming for you, children of God. I'm coming for you. And this is what the king of Assyria is saying. In what do you trust that you remain under siege in Jerusalem? Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine and by thirst, saying, the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? He's trying to mock the Lord. Amen. Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places in his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem saying, you shall worship before one altar and burn incense on it? Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those heathen people in any way able to deliver their lands out of my hand. Here's what's happening. The king of Assyria is going on a rampage. And he's conquering people after people after people, nation after nation after nation. But the nations that he's conquering are nations of idol worshipers. There are people who worship something other than the one true God, amen. And his confidence is growing because he's thinking, amen, I'm going to conquer the people of God, amen. I'm going to conquer the worshipers of God just like I've conquered the non-worshippers. And so he in his pride and arrogance is saying to the children, haven't you heard of our fame? Haven't you heard of all the other nations that we're conquering? Why are you even here? Don't you believe and know that we're going to do the same thing to you, children of Israel? Who was is your God to think that you'll, he'll save you? The gods of the other nations didn't save them. the enemy was mocking the lord and mocking his children who worshiped him with all their Hearts. The enemy said that their worship was all for nothing. The enemy said that their faithfulness to God was all for nothing. The enemy was saying your prayers and your altars and your dedication and your sacrifice is all for nothing. That's the voice of the enemy. But how many know today, amen, that Jesus said that Satan is a liar and the father of lies and the truth is not in him. So if Satan is saying something, I can believe the opposite is true. Amen. If Satan says he's going to defeat me, I know that it's a setup for the victory of God. I know it's a setup. Amen. If Satan says stop worshiping, amen, I know that I better keep worshiping. I better keep praying. I better keep praising. I better keep believing God and standing on his word. Let's clap our hands and praise the Lord. He's the only one who's worthy. 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 The enemy talked about all the non-worshippers and how they were already destroyed. Amen. And when I say non-worshippers, I mean they did not worship the one true God, but they did worship something. The idol worshipers. Amen. King Sennacherib, he defeated the idol worshipers. Amen. And he was saying, okay. Amen. I'm going to defeat you as well. You're next. Come on. You ever feel the enemy breathing down your throat? You ever, amen, determine, amen, to make a deeper commitment in your relationship with God, amen, to make a deeper commitment to the house of God, to make a deeper commitment to Bible study, amen, and Bible reading, and make, make a deeper commitment to prayer and fasting? You're going to change. You're going to be more like Jesus. I'm going to spend more time with Jesus. And as you're making your commitments to God, you're not even thinking about the enemy, but here he comes. He comes to antagonize you. He comes to intimidate you. He comes to distract you and discourage you. And it always starts subtle before it gets blatant. That's the attack of the enemy. Oh, you don't have to go to the house of the Lord today. Oh, come on. God will understand if that's just one more prayer that you don't pray. Oh, come on. God understands if you don't read your word. You know what? Amen. That's not the 10 commandments. That's the 10 t- suggestions. The Lord will understand. He loves you whether he oh, whether we obey his word or not. And that may be true. But just because he loves us doesn't mean we have communion with him. And there's a difference. There's a difference. Hallelujah. And this king continued in verses 14 and 15. He meant he, I mean, he, he won't shut his mouth up. He keeps mocking the children of Israel. He keeps mocking those who worship the one true God. In verse 14, he says, Who was there among all the gods of those other nations? that my father's utterly destroyed that could deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand. Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this and do not believe him hezekiah the king is 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 encouraging the people of god saying let's not stop trusting god let's not stop serving god i understand amen what's happening in other nations but they don't serve who we serve they don't worship who we worship their god is not like our god he's not like our God and the king, the enemy, is trying to deceive the children of Israel and say, do not believe him. Don't let him deceive you. Sounds just like the devil. Don't listen to the word of God. Don't listen to the authority of God. Don't listen to the man of God. Listen to me. If this man of God speaks anything outside of the word of God, you better not hear it. You better say something. You better say something about it. But if what I'm preaching is in the book, we can believe it. We can trust it. We can depend upon it. We can count on it. It will lead us to victory. Why? Because it's not about me. I said, it's not about me. I don't need an amen corner. I can amen myself. It's not about me. Why? Because I'm not on an ego trip. It's not about me. It's about his word and his purpose being fulfilled in the earth. It's about us being the children of God who are confident in our father. It's about relationship with God and saying, I know my God is for me as I walk with him, as I keep his commandments. Hey, Amen. There is no good thing that he will withhold from his children today. He said, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this, and do not believe him for no God of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or the hands of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? And there are some of us in this room who have been under a barrage of, of hell, you have been under a barrage of lies you have been under a barrage of emotions, you have been under a barrage of intimidation because Satan is so scared of you Satan is so scared of who you are in God, that he is so desperate to do whatever he can and lie however he wants to lie to see if you will buy into it, the enemy said do not believe him He's deceiving you. Don't let him persuade you. Satan has always been Satan, will always be Satan. He'll always talk like Satan. Amen. Just like God has children, Satan has children. Amen. Jesus said it. You you are of your father, the devil. He's the father of lies. What did Satan do from the beginning? What's Satan's first interaction from the beginning? Doubt God. Doubt God. Doubt God. Doubt God. Doubt God. Doubt God. Do not believe him. Don't let God deceive you. Don't let God persuade you. Do not believe God. That is the voice of the enemy. Do not pray you can't trust God. Do not obey God's word. You can't depend upon God's word. That is the voice of the enemy. That is a sign that you are in battle. You are minding your own business. Uh, you are going to church. Uh, you are faithful to God uh, in public and in private. Uh, amen. And while you were, had your eyes on Jesus, Satan came in and said, I'm going to see if I can distract him a little bit. I'm gonna see if I can discourage her a little bit. I can I'm gonna see if I can somehow get in between. If I can get them to listen to me long enough, if I can get them to detach from prayer long enough, if I can get them to stop reading their Bible long enough. If I can get their ears from the voice of truth long enough, all will have left are lies. All will have left are lies. If I detach from God's word, if I don't immerse myself in God's word, if I don't immerse myself in God's presence through prayer, amen, and I'm not talking about mechanical prayer, but I'm talking about heart-changing prayer. If I do not do that and allow Jesus to have his way in my life, all I have left are lies. The enemy was saying, how? Is your God going to deliver you from our armies? How is your God any different than the worshipers of all the other gods? He is taunting them. He's saying your prayer is worthless. That's the voice of the enemy. I said that's the voice of the enemy. Your devotion, your commitment to God. What 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 does it matter if I miss one service? What does it matter if I don't pray one day? Let me me make this clear. Let me I want to make this unmistakably clear. There's only one that I'm throwing shots at today, and it's the devil. We have this phrase nowadays, shots fired. I've got one person who I've got my crossfires on. Amen. And it's Satan, the father of lies. Why? Because he's my adversary. And because he's my adversary, he's your adversary too. Amen. And if we have the same enemy, that means we're on the same team. Do not be deceived, children of God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God wants to tear down our mindsets that distance us from him. That's what he wants to tear down is our mindsets. It's my mind that keeps me disconnected from God. It's my mind. It's the mindset when I haven't had my mind washed with the word of God. There's a block and I filter God through my flesh and I filter God through my emotions and I filter God through my experiences and not his word. Whereas if I were to take my word or God's word and declare it and read it and obey it, I will see the landscape of my life begin to change and my enemy won't be taunting me anymore, but I will turn on the offensive. Instead of me being on my heels, Satan will be on his heels. I'm going to say this and we're going to pray here today. The enemy was saying, how is your God any different? There's only one God. There's only one God. I know people serve other things, but there's only one God. There's only one maker of heaven and earth. There's only one creator of man. And the same God who is the creator of the man is the savior of the world. It is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says beside him there is no other. Amen. There is none greater. There is no God like our God and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he shed his blood for our sins and rose again the third day. It's so that he... As he walked the resurrection power and had power over death we too can have resurrection power and power over the sting of death the enemy the intimidator the mocker the taunter if that's a word how was your God going to deliver you what makes your God different and you know what? The children of God got fed up. Just stand to your feet with me today. They got fed up. I'm sick and tired of your voice, devil. I'm sick and tired of your discouragement, devil. I'm sick and tired of your drama and dysfunction and destruction, devil. I've had enough. And in verse 20, they responded. All right, devil, you've said what you had to say. Now you shut up. now we're going to lift our voices. The Bible says in verse 20, now because of this, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. They prayed and cried out to heaven. I said, okay, you've talked enough, and just like you weren't silent, we're not gonna be silent. I will not be backed into a corner. I'm a child of the king, my God is for me, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The Bible says they prayed and cried out to heaven, then the Lord they prayed and cried out to heaven. Then the Lord sent an angel who cut down every might of man of valor, every leader, and every captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. And so he, the enemy, returned shamefaced to his own land. They prayed, they prayed, they cried, and then the Lord sent an angel. And after all that smack, the devil was talking. And after all that taunting. And after all the intimidation and after all the confusion and dysfunction and destruction and all the antagonizing, the Lord cut him down. The Lord cut him down. And instead of the children of God being ashamed, the enemy, was ashamed and returned shamefaced to his own land. I know under the sound of my voice today, and many who are not under the sound of my voice today, this church has been in a It could be easy to say, well, that's just a coincidence. But when this person and that person and that person and that person and that person, and I'm struggling with this and I'm dealing with that and I'm dealing with this and I can't, I don't know how to overcome that. It's an enemy. And the enemy is not flesh and blood. There's one enemy. And that's Satan himself. There's one enemy. And we, as the people and children of God, need to decide that we've heard his voice long enough. You're dealt with anxiety long enough. You've dealt with depression long enough. Enough. You've dealt with the doubt and fear long enough. You've dealt with the confusion long enough. You're done with the intimidation. And I'm not staying cornered and intimidated anymore. But I'm going to pray. And cry out to the Lord. And when we pray, and when we cry out to the Lord, then the Lord is going to cut down. I don't know which battle you're in right now, but all over this sanctuary, I'm not going to do this in any kind of formal way. You either want the victory...